Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Erin Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sex and sexuality. Today, I'm excited. This is one that was like a long time coming. We were kind of planning it a while ago, and then we finally, today's the day, everybody, finally made it happen. I'm here in the studio with full-service companion, Charlotte Mave. Hi, Charlotte. Hi, Erin. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. How are you? Fabulous. I um, have been looking forward to this for a while. Me too. It's been, I don't know, I feel like I was in contact with you several months ago, like humming and hawing, and then I decided, and then yeah, it was the holidays and life got in the way, but here we are, finally at last. Absolutely. Life for me. Oh my God. Life for me <laughs> at the end of the year last year, like, oh my God, so... It's not either one of us that delayed it. It was a team effort. (laughs) And I'm so excited. Um, We've got like a little list of some topics we like to touch on today. They look super awesome. So yeah, let's dive in. So maybe for people who um, don't really know what that means, a full service companion, maybe you could just tell us a bit about what you do. Yeah, for sure. So um, companionship is typically um, known as escorting. Um, I prefer companion because I think it's more all-encompassing in terms of what we do. And especially because when I look at escorting like itself like we aren't always escorting like going outside so to me it's like I'm not necessarily escorting you anywhere um but that's just a me thing um so in it there's the opportunity for sex um in all forms so that's what full service means um it doesn't necessarily have to involve penetration but it can um it can involve dining out, it can involve attending the theater. Um, it's typically like what you see in traditional dating, if you will. Um, and there's that companionship aspect to it. So like, in addition to the sex, um, there's laughter and chatting and getting to know one another and connecting on that intimate level. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well said. I... I agree that like often, you know, what people think of the type of work we do, um, people automatically just think it's all about um, sexual connection or eroticized connection, Mm -hmm. right? And we're really, um, it's more of a full kind of round experience, like you said, like, like one would experience when you go on dates with somebody like sure, Mm -hmm. sex, you know, can be involved at some point. Um, But even the sex can look so varied, but also, it's more about like, just, you know, being in each other's presence and giving attention to each other. And all that fun stuff like flirting and like just sharing an experience together, sharing good food together, like whatever it looks like, it's Mm -hmm. kind of more of a round experience than a lot of people might assume. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, I'm always very careful because there's definitely like a movement towards wanting um, to distance sex away from it, but right that's like has to do like with respect respectability politics and like trying to achieve some moral upstanding which like I don't agree with at all so um I want to like emphasize that like yeah sex is part of it still and sometimes it is just sex and that's totally fine but it's just it opens up the space for there to be more than just the sex there could be the build up to the sex there could be like the pillow talk after the sex um it really is like a unique space for the two individuals to meet and make it 
what they want it to be. Yeah, it can be like custom curated. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. but thank you for uh, saying that because, yeah, I feel like when we're talking about sex work, um, you know, and we're in the sphere of like non-sex workers are consuming um you know, maybe an article that's written or an interview like this or whatever. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of times we are trying to sanitize our job for non-sex workers, right? Or non, non-clients of sex workers and being like, oh, no, no, no. What makes, you know, what we do like moral or right is that it's not just about sex it's about other stuff too and it's like no that's not the judge of whether our job should exist whether we should receive you know equal rights and whatnot um and um you know not being just discriminated socially and whatnot as well all of those things it's like it's not the fact that it's not just about sex that's not what makes it you know up for debate of whether it should exist or not and whether our work is valid or not. The, the sex part of our job, which is a big part of our job, mm-hmm. um, that still, you know, um, because that is our job as well, that we should yeah. still be entitled to all of those things. It's not, sure. it's not the, yeah, yeah. It's not the fact that that's like a smaller part of our job than people realize. Yeah. Yeah. It's yep. like, it's, it's really the crux of our job. Like it's what brings people to us. Like yes, the potential to have sex with us, like that is on the table. Right. Um, but it's just like for non-sex workers, there's this real focus either all they see is the sex and there's, I mean, we live in like a Puritanism is still very much a thing socially, so it's not palatable to the general public to talk about sex or for it to be about sex. Um, or, so that's on the one hand of the spectrum, that like hyper-focus on the sex and like seeing it as wrong and immoral and whatnot. And then on the other hand, you have it like where it's like, oh, let's not look at the sex at all and talk about everything else that it is. So when it's like, hey, like we can talk about both it's all part of the experience um and it's exactly as as you said like it doesn't or it shouldn't matter that there's sex involved in it um yeah yeah absolutely i it's it's also interesting something you said made me think of this i was um uh doing a twitter post and somebody um asked me this kind of a weird question that I kind of had to wrap my brain around and they were like so you present as being really like um playful you know my brand is playful right Mm -hmm. and they're like does that ever get in the way of like so someone wants like a more serious session or more like stern or like mean session you know if I'm doing prodom work so it's like does that like get in the way of people being able to experience that that they're like not able to take it seriously or something and I was like what a weird thing to say so the person I'm sessioning with is suddenly now concerned about how I present online when they're literally in the room with me and I'm doing things to them like it's very just weird and I'm like yeah eroticism for a lot of people is really siloed it's like I'm attracted to you in this picture that I'm seeing but when I see you in person I'm like suddenly not attracted to you for some reason it's like we're people we're not a picture we're not a tweet we're not a little tiktok video like so for me I'm like yeah, you do sometimes have to have that conversation of shifting from perception to reality of like, okay, you know, the stuff we're doing today, say they're new to it. It's like, you do have to have that conversation of being like, let's set expectations. And let's, you know, come to a mutual understanding that this is going to be different than the stuff you're picturing in your head. You know what I mean? Or the way you've seen me curated on my social media. It was just like an interesting thing. It's like, no, we're people we, you know, it's yeah I'm not a flat image anymore yeah I feel as though there's like this tendency particularly with like in sex work for sex workers to not see us as like multi-dimensional like and I mean like people even outside of sex work we're not 
just one thing. Um, I don't know about you, but, like, different friend groups will bring out, like, different energies in me. Um, So, like, your personality, like, obviously you have your core self, you're who you are, but there's different aspects of you that can come out and can change depending on your interactions and who you're interacting with. And it's funny you mentioned this about, like, Twitter and, like, how you present yourself because, like, that's something... I struggle with a lot in terms of like branding. How do I brand myself? Really? Or whatnot? Because, because I think you're I... so great on Twitter. Oh, really? Like really oh, that good. That means so much. Yeah. <laughs> that means so much because like I, I want to show like that multi-dimensional side to me. Like sometimes I'm like my tweets feel all over the place. Um, some are like super like sexual, others are like super nerdy, some are like funny, and I'm like, I don't feel like I have a real brand or real side to me, but that's just me like being a person and wanting to like appeal to people to see like I have those different sides and you're right about I get it. having those like conversations at the beginning in terms of expectations because ultimately like I mean you can't things like arise organically and like come naturally but like going into a session or an appointment or whatnot it's nice to know what the other person is hoping to experience um because they are coming to you for a service right and you want to like make sure they're happy and satisfied and are being made to feel the things they want to feel so like I always ask like upon initial like contact like oh what sort of experience do you want like not like asking oh what services are acts because like I don't do the whole menu thing but what sort of experience do you want like are you wanting something more playful are you wanting something more like sensual are you wanting something more serious um are you looking for something like more like I don't explicitly advertise as like a dom but like I can be more dom in session if that's something you are wanting you know and do you want that to be like a mommy dom thing or do you want that to be like a more like stern um dom you know like more sadisty um because again like you when we're interacting with people especially people or clients we haven't had the chance to meet yet we don't know them yet we don't know what that's going to be like so it's good to like get that out in the open and know and that way you can like make sure you're a match and everyone everyone's happy no one's leaving disappointed um yeah you know yeah there are a couple questions that I ask um like as far as activities and whatnot I'll be like is there anything if we didn't do it you'd feel upset that we didn't Mm -hmm. get to it and then I love that that question what is the experience you want Mm -hmm. Um, that's a little more broad and talking about like the feeling or the mood or the vibe or Mm -hmm. whatever I ask like um because I want to, I want to know what their expectations are, right? What, what is the thing they're thinking in their head about this? What this looks like? Say if it's a person seeing a pro for the first time. So mm-hmm. I'll often ask um, to try and get at that. I'll be like, what are your reference points from this? Like, you know, what video did you watch? Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> yeah, and that you're now drawing from. Like, oh, yeah. this is what this is. Like, did you read a book about it? Yeah. Did you watch a porn about it? Like, tell me. Mm-hmm. So you have no in-person experience, but, like, where are you drawing from to yeah. form your idea of what this is supposed to look like? Just to try and get us on the same page. Yeah, that's really important. And I'm the same. Like, I will ask you, like, is there something, like specifically you're looking for because like in terms of again going back to that whole I don't offer the menu but let's say if somebody is really set on um I don't know anal or I don't know like receiving a golden shower or something really specific and it's not something I offer well I want to know that up front so that way I can be like no I'm sorry I don't think we'll be a match you know um yeah 
And I never like to guarantee anything, even if it is something I offer, I say, yeah, that's like definitely a possibility, right? Because like things can change day of, like people not be in the mood or, you know, bodies not agreeing with ourselves. That's really, really wise, I think. Yeah. That's a possibility. Yes. Yeah. So I always like, yeah, like that is something I'm offering. I'm not going to like fully consent to it right now and say that consent is going all the way to that day or like it's a guarantee or something but yeah it's it's on the table it's something we can we can explore you know um yeah and it gives you the opportunity so say something you know talking about expectations you know like we haven't met this person either right Mm -hmm. so how can we say for sure yes we're gonna do this this and this Mm -hmm. because when we as providers get in the room also we're like oh yeah maybe i'm not so much feeling whatever activity um yeah and some things require trust like building up yeah 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 so like you know maybe not this time um but you know that could be again that could be a possibility like the next time later on yeah Yeah. that's really smart i think so okay because i know it's something that's on our list of activities and oh if we don't like get to our whole list that's totally cool oh oh, yeah that was just me being like type a planning like (laughs) nerd like (laughs) no god bless you i i (laughs) I appreciate that, but I'm saying since you did bring up anal, one oh, of okay. our th- one of our things is this is um, discourse surrounding GFE and PSE because I think some people have again the expectation in their head of like what one means versus the other, and like maybe we can talk about like the discourse surrounding those two terms. Just first, first of all, what is GFG? F-E and what does P-S-E stand for? Um, So G-F-E stands for girlfriend experience and P-S-E is porn star experience. And the way they, it's a huge conversation. So the way they work within like sex work is to describe a certain experience or service that a client is wanting. Um, However, they're, like, misconstrued in terms of what that looks like. There's this tendency for clients to think it's either based on activities. So, for example, like, we mentioned anal before. Like, that would Mm -hmm. typically be attributed to, like, PSC, I believe. Um, Whereas kissing would be seen more as, like, GFE. Um, and then there's also this whole other kind of yucky realm in terms of, oh, GFE means, like, bare, and ah. PSC means covered. But then, on the other hand, I've also seen discourse in terms of where it's, like, flipped, where it's like, no, PSC means bare because in porn, like, you don't see condoms or whatnot. Hence um, the so, miscommunication. Yeah. So it's, like, all these things when really at the end of the day to me at least it's a style because to me PSC is more much more energetic much more intense um more I don't know how to say it like vulgar or explicit if you will in terms of like dirty talk um and GFE is more subdued or more gentle or sensual or slower pace. Um, yeah, and again, yeah. like, I don't think you can really draw a line between the two and be like, hey, this is GFE, this is PSC. Because at the end of the day, I mean, like, if you're looking at the root word of like girlfriend experience who's to say somebody's girlfriend isn't porn star like in bed you know absolutely. like absolutely. like lots of lots of girlfriends out there do anal lots of girlfriends out there are like love behaving really in slutty porn star-esque ways right or um, they just fully and, are porn stars like some people's yeah, girlfriends are, are porn actual porn stars, stars as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly or like i mean and then like there's like also 
porn that is more sensual, like not mainstream porn, you know? So like, it's just, there's this dichotomy, like this false dichotomy, I'd say, that's set up between the two. That's so interesting. When, it's like, what what girlfriend are we talking about? What porn yeah, are we talking about exactly. when we talk about these terms? Because it's not exactly. just one thing. And again, this like goes back to me talking about just generally the experience. Because again, people are going to have different understandings of these. And if we just say, okay, this is sort of like the mood or the energy or like the sensations I'm wanting to experience is a lot more easier to be like, oh yeah, that's something I could provide rather than having this vague acronym and you have your own understanding, the client having their understanding and then meeting and realizing they aren't aligned at all, you know? Yes. Um, Like the first question I would ask if somebody is like, oh, I'm looking for a PSC experience, I would be like, okay, what does that mean to you? Mm -hmm. Because truly, what? You know, like, it could mean a million things. Like, so if somebody's going to use those terms, I'm like, okay, let's define those terms then, if you want to use that term. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, for me personally, like, I don't necessarily say, like, if I do tend to say I'm more GFE-based, just, like, in general, in terms of, like, the whole all-encompassing um, aspect, if you will. But there can be elements of PSC in there. Like, I don't... I have a hard time identifying with one thing, you know? Like, I don't like, yeah. I don't like boxing myself in. Um, yeah, because who's to say we can't go out and have this, like, romantic dinner, this romantic mm-hmm. social date aspect, and maybe it's flirty, and it's, like... Um, maybe it's a bit wholesome, like it's really sweet, maybe. And then we get back to the the hotel or the in call or whatever, and we fuck like like a super intense, like mm-hmm. you know, kind of filthy, like a mm-hmm. just a filthy situation. Like who's to say that? Like that's a great night. <laughs> that's a great day. Yeah, right. You know, like right. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, have you come across like so? I'm wondering if um, there's a common assumption, perhaps, that clients are making when they're asking for either GFE experience or, that's redundant, GFE or PSC. Oh, okay. Yeah. I feel so there's a tendency for clients to assume that with PSC, anything goes. Anything and everything Uh, is offered. Um, Which, how could that be? Yeah. That's so silly. Again, How could that, that be? Like, again, that, like, misunderstanding of, like, consent and that just because somebody offers a certain style doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to offer every single <laughs> act under yeah. the sun, you know? Um, but I feel as though that's definitely an issue. And I think that, like, just goes into broader rape culture if you will in terms of yeah the terrible terrible belief that like you can't rape a sex worker um because it's seen as like once you're a sexual being well then you're like automatically consenting to anything and everything sexual which again i want to like be very clear no that's not the case yeah. Um, so again, like it's it's broader social factors influence and come in and shape our industry. Um, we don't exist in a vacuum, right? Like we exist in society. So. Um, yeah, I think actually this lends us to something else we had on our list is like the heteronormativity that kind of shapes mm-hmm. this industry. Yeah. Yeah, so that's something that I often think about in terms of in different ways and how it relates to the industry in terms of who clients and sex workers predominantly are um, in terms of the stigma that surrounds sex work and how it exists. 
mean, you can look at it, like, majority of sex workers are feminine people with clients who are male or masculine, um, and that comes from heteronormativity, right, in terms of it's okay for men to be sexual and to seek out sexual pleasure, um, but for women, that's not normalized so much, right? And then you have all the other gender dynamics behind that in terms of why it's primarily women providing the services, um, which I don't think we have time to get into on this podcast, maybe another (laughs) time. Um, But, and then there's the aspect in terms of the stigma because sex work like exists outside of the heteronormative confines, right? It exists outside of marriage and monogamy and, and, uh, sexuality is supposed to be existing within like the privacy of the home, right? It's put out into the marketplace, um, and made public if you will. So it's just, Sex work is very incongruent with heteronormativity, if you will, but it's also very much shaped by it in terms of who provides it and who seeks it out. Um, But at the same time, it's also like, it may look very heteronormative on the surface, but it could also be very queer, like, which is one of the things I really like about it is it's allowed me like to have a lot of queer experiences and explore that side of myself. Um, I love that. Yeah. I'm like, I, I love any female clients I have, any queer mm-hmm. clients, any trans clients I have. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm so, I'm always so excited because yeah. I'm like, yes, don't do this in the way that society tells you. That yeah. you, you don't have access to this. Yeah, I'm very big on that. Like, I'm always, like, trying to promote on my Twitter. You probably know this being like, I see yeah. all bodies and any bodies. And it doesn't matter your gender, gender presentation, and, like, even, like, ability-wise. And just, again, like, that access. Like, it doesn't have to be what we see in the movies, what we traditionally think of. Um, Again, and I think that's like a real, a real gift we provide as sex workers in terms of making it accessible, you know? Um, Absolutely. For people who may not be able to or don't have the same opportunities um, that others do in terms of having these experiences. and, And I really... I really, really cher- cherish um, that, and it's really important to me. Um, yeah. Yeah, specifically to me, like one of my favorite demographics of people to work with are like women who are older, mm-hmm. um, like older than I am, um, oh, and I'm forty. So, like, I love just. I love helping people kind of reconnect with themselves. Yeah. Um, or connect with themselves for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah. Specifically that those types of sessions, um, they just feel so like I'm, I'm offering a real, really valuable service. Yeah. And again, it goes back. I feel like all of our conversations, like coming back to the same things, but like, that's, that's great. Um, but it goes back to that whole all encompassing aspect. Like, yes, it's a sexual thing. Yes. It may be a fetish or a kink related thing, but that's part of us. Right. And the different parts of us come together and make us our whole selves. You know, it really, it's really like a wellness aspect. Um, So yes, we're feeding and exploring and nourishing that one specific part of ourselves through, um, through seeking out services of sex workers, but we're also, um, benefiting us ourselves in a holistic way, right? Um, yeah, I think it's important 
that we say like when we talked about it before it's like you know the perception is like the sex part the sex part of our work makes it dirty or gross Mm -hmm. or seedy or immoral or whatever and it's like no no like the sex part of our work is just as important and valuable um and therapeutic and all of that as like the social aspects of our work Mm -hmm. the companion aspects of our work it's Mm -hmm. like yeah people are like oh it's just sex like or it's just a fetish or something um devaluing it but it's like Mm -hmm. no 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 that sessions that are just to get off that are just erotic that are just you know Mm -hmm. um sexual in nature are are very impactful to our well-being to our wholeness as a human as you said yeah 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 they have meaning they have value we have this tendency to be like oh it's just this like but it's not just um yeah the bedpost podcast is sponsored by come as you are Founded as a worker-owned cooperative, Come As You Are has a fundamentally anti-capitalist and feminist approach to sexual pleasure, health, and education. Come As You Are doesn't profit from your pleasure and only stocks products that they truly love and believe in. Come As You Are has been voted best sex shop in Toronto since 1997. Check them out at comeasyouare.com or 254 Augusta Avenue in Toronto's own Kensington Market. We are also sponsored by Club M4 Toronto. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA. And now you can go to their website, www.clubm4.com. But one of my favorite things to do is to go on to Instagram at Club M4 Events and check out what they have going on. So just scrolling through here, we have Wednesday afternoon play party, game night, threesome Fridays, sexy lingerie. If anything looks interesting and you want to check it out, head on down to Club M4 at 1989 Dundas Street, Mississauga. What's your favorite part of this work? I'd say it's probably... Okay, so a few things come to mind. Um, Exploration, freedom, and... Yeah, so exploration in the sense of being able to meet new people, um, being able to be exposed to new ideas, different experiences, um, things that I wouldn't otherwise encounter or people I wouldn't otherwise encounter in my life. Mm -hmm. Like, anyone who knows me knows, like, I love learning, like, love, love, love learning. I'm an extremely curious person. So I this work really fulfills that aspect of myself because I'm always learning. I'm always being exposed to new things. Um, and then with that comes freedom, just like freedom to explore, freedom to be myself. Um, having new opportunities present themselves and things that I may not have thought I'd be into I discover I am um I guess I can expect exploration though but yeah just the possibilities it's just it there it opens up a lot um for your own for me at least for like my own self-growth and development I'd say yeah I would say similar for me as well like I want to know the you know I want to not know all of them but I want to like just know all the different ways you can do certain activities certain kinks certain fetishes I'm like oh you think of it like that like that's so interesting to me to be like, yeah. oh my god, I never thought of it like that. Or I never played it at that very specific kind of degree from 1 to 100. Or like, 
Um, I've never done this activity with that intention before. So it's like a really interesting combo or like I've never done that activity in the frame of this role play or like all the different ways you can do this are like infinitely interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And every day I'm like showing up ready to ready to learn from the client, you know, how they do it. Everyone comes to it from their own, like, unique perspective. And yeah, the learning never ends. And I love that. It's just there's so much diversity within it. Yeah. I'm always, like, I always, um, if if I'm ever in the position where I'm assuming, you know, I never, I always try to check myself, like, if we do a little bit of talk and I'm like, yep, got it, got it. I'm like, no, 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 hold on. <laughs> you think you got it, baby. But like, let's just inquire just like a little further, a little bit more. Yeah. Let's make it really specific rather than just kind of this generalized cookie cutter of what yeah. this session, even on my end, what the session is going to look like, what I'm expecting this session to look like. Remain open. Yes, being open is so important. Yeah. yeah. And like you said, that thing of, like, I don't know you yet, you know, or maybe we've only seen each other once or a couple times, or maybe it's the first time. And it's like, just to be open of like, what this looks like, like, not only if we're talking about the activities and the things like the power dynamic and the dirty talk and the role play, it's like, no, no, no. It's like, let's just leave room for like you and I to like Mm -hmm. what we look like doing all of that stuff not everything can be like entirely predetermined like you can intend and you can hope and you can wish but then it can look very different in person um and being open to that yeah like sometimes i i suddenly this energy emerges from this person that's surprising you know and it kind Mm. of dictates the like a new path of you know the the rest of the scene or whatever um like if you can truly kind of be present and just do that thing i mean i'm an improviser person so i'm like do that thing of just like listening and being ready to say yes and move in like a different direction than you thought can be really can be really impactful I think for both the provider and the and the client yeah it's fun like having those new new opportunities come up um and that way you can explore different parts of yourself and like I mean and you might learn that it's not something you're super into which is totally fine and and happens or it can be you discover oh that's something you really like let's like implement both is that valuable. more going forward right yeah yeah they're both learning experiences yeah um and they'll give you direction of where you want to focus going forward like exactly. if we if we do a session and it's kind of like a sensation platter which is kind of one of my formats that i do with people who don't really know what activities they want to do they just want to show up and just you know not playing too much and whatever i'm like okay, a lot of this probably won't really hit, like really at the note, but, yeah, you know, pay attention for those few things that will. Like a lot of our stuff in kink, some people are real generalists, but a lot of people only like like a couple things, you know what I mean? And they're, mm. especially fetishists, like they're really yeah. into a couple things very intensely, you know, yeah. typically. Um, so it's like, let's just set the expectation of like, you're not going to like everything. In fact, you mm-hmm. might not, not even like most of it, but mm-hmm. so we're going to kind of pay attention in the moment and steer towards the things that you're finding more interesting. And that's just yeah. kind of how you do it. It's kind of trial and error. Yeah. So expect some error, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If, if you're brand new, how else are you going to going to find out what you do like or or don't like right you gotta kind of try try it all you know Um, especially if you're a person that 
has watched a lot of videos but never actually done the thing. Yes. Or you do have this very specific fantasy in your head and you've never actually done the thing. It's yeah, like even the it... even the things you really think you love mm-hmm. and are, are like kind of, you know, obsessive about. It's yes. like in person though. It can be very different. Yeah, there's some things that are, like, just fantasy, and then there's other things that are, okay, you like it in real life, and, yeah, it it diverges um, quite drastically. (laughs) I think that's, like, a bit artful on our part, how we manage that also. It's, like, how do we engage the fantasy and meet them at the reality of what they can actually do physically and find desirable to do physically? It's, like, how can we do that balancing act of making them feel like like they feel when they're watching the video or, like, they feel like they're in the video or whatever it is, whatever the reference point is, as, as I said before. Um, how can we, as a provider... Uh, like do do that balance that delicate balance of fantasy and reality you know mm-hmm. um okay i think we talked about we kind of grazed over this but i want to get into it more this thing of like sex um sex and kink as well since um that's my lens but like sex being potentially therapeutic um but not but it's not therapy is it? Yeah, so there's this whole trend of like sex workers wanting to claim that it's like therapy or yes. therapists and we're not we're not unless and we I, are some of unless, us actually yeah, are but licensed then, like, even then, therapists but technically you aren't supposed to if you're providing that and you're like a therapist outside of sex where you can get in a lot of trouble by your regulatory body um, <laughs> in terms yes. of you're not supposed to be having sex with your clients yeah. um yeah. but um i understand like where it's coming from in terms of wanting to normalize it and be accepted by broader society but it's also important that to note that we're not therapists like this is not to treat issues or help you to resolve or come to resolutions surrounding um sexual intimacy emotional intimacy um your relationships with others but it can be just as meaningful and impactful for people right um and it does have that therapeutic aspect to it in terms of wellness and feeling satisfied and and happy and joyful in all aspects of your life um yeah i have many thoughts on this as well there's certain like discourses as you go through twitter and they're constantly coming up the same ones you know like every few months something new will come up and or like I mean it's the same thing but somebody will have some hot take on it um (laughs) and it's just like I'm always thinking about these these topics um yeah (laughs) yeah I like um I do consults with people like kink consults with people And it's kind of this interesting thing of like a lot of time when you do a kink consult, you know, people are wondering if they're normal, if these things are, I don't know, ethical to be fantasizing about or stuff like they're battling some sort of shame due to what it, wherever whatever they've experienced say in religious dynamics or family dynamics or friend dynamics, like whatever it is, right. That they feel like they have to hide or they're wondering where the kinks came from. Um, And it's, I'm always like, I'm always happy to have that conversation again. I'm like, I'm not a therapist, but yeah, I'll, I can give advice. Everyone has an opinion. I, you know, I can give that, 
And I can listen, I can be an active listener as a sounding board for you to kind of figure out your own journey. But part of me always thinks, um, like, why this? And a lot of times it's the only time they've talked to, about this stuff to anybody, right? And I'm like, I just think, I'm like, why can't you tell your, why can't you talk to your therapist about this stuff? And just how that is that's such a disservice that people feel like they can't and I bet yeah. there are a lot of you know shitty therapists out there that don't that maybe you know are feel feel like you know that's not natural or that it's immoral or whatever right. as we said but I'm sure there are a lot of therapists that maybe are open, but they don't have that specialty. So they can't really engage in something they don't know about. Um, or maybe they're afraid of it for whatever personal reasons. But it's like, that should be a fucking thing you can talk to your therapist about. Yeah. Yeah, if, for if sure. If you're actually really struggling with it. Yeah. Um, there definitely needs to be more kink and like sex positive openly so there yeah. therapists out there um and i i think there's more and more people who are becoming so like i mean kink i hope so is becoming more mainstream not always in the best ways <laughs> But usually not in the best way. Yeah. <laughs> but like conversations can then stem from that. Mm -hmm. Um Yeah, we occupy this kind of weird in between area, you know, like we're not therapists. What we do is therapeutic. And yeah, we can like talk about these things with you informally, but we're not qualified in any way to like diagnose or like, yeah, go back into like childhood trauma or no, yeah, like any of those areas. That's really that needs to be left to like the professionals in that area, right? Um, yeah, it's interesting too, like how these things overlap. Because um, we do like a type of intimate work, right? Mm -hmm. It can often be emotional work. Um, it's certainly vulnerable work, like for the client, right? Mm -hmm. So it's this, it can be this interesting crossover of like once, you know, you're sharing a vulnerable space together. So I can see how then people are feeling you know maybe they don't they don't have access to that very often maybe mm -hmm. so then it's suddenly like oh yeah. now I'm feeling like I'm opened up and I can yeah. like you know start talking about and I stuff think also being seen and yes. knowing that you're being accepted in that so there's that that safety you know there isn't yes. the concern that oh, they're going to judge me, right? Because it's obvious that they aren't. Um, there's that automatic safety there. Um, there's not the chance for rejection or or shame. I would hope not from a sex worker or a kink provider at least. Yeah. Um, so there's that involved and so coupled with that, like being, being vulnerable and, and that that level of trust established there in that regard it just it all comes out <laughs> yeah um it's interesting too with like the level of stigmatization surrounding men um yes uh seeing therapists right yes as like yeah. yes do it seeing us is stigmatized but like not more stigmatized than seeing a therapist you know yeah no De like depending <laughs> on their upbringing like men will yeah. literally do anything they will book a 
they will book a sex worker about and do talk therapy versus actually book a therapist. Like, it's just, it's it sucks. Like the patriarchy affects yeah. us all, including men not being able to oh, like 100%. talk about their fucking emotions and their sexuality and everything. Yeah. I <laughs> Gender. always, yeah, I always say to people like particularly people who are like anti-feminists or whatnot then like feminism is for everyone like it's Absolutely. not just for women it's it's for everyone everyone's affected by the patriarchy um you know so yeah it's working as much for you men out there as it is women and, and trans and non-binary folks yeah, and I think we like, you know, as we said before, the majority of our clientele are cis men. Yeah. So yeah. we see a lot of cis men who have yeah. been just failed, you know, by their yeah. sex ed education, by their yeah. emotional education. Like, we see that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We see... We see... Um issues that other people aren't privy to you know like yeah things I, we I know so. exist but then we actually see them come to fruition because of the spaces we hold and we occupy right um we yeah. see the effects that um the poor sexual ed um systems has on people and the lack of emotional education um, and I think also like this archaic you know heteronormative kind of the ideas of how men interact with women Mm -hmm. we see a lot of that oh yeah really toxic kind of stuff just like how men Mm -hmm. talk to women approach women Mm -hmm. um, like not as a fellow human yes yeah yeah and again it's like it's that sex work doesn't exist in this vacuum like we're part of society like all these social issues are funneled in yeah and you know like a lot of people think that clients are like violent or rude or bad or like these immoral people which isn't true but we just see that because of the spaces we occupy and we hold, right? And because of it being focused on the interactions between like cis men with like femme providers or whatnot, we see it highlighted in a way that it's not highlighted outside of sex work do you know what I mean like it just seems to be that much more of an issue or it seems to be inherent which it's not to sex work rather it's these issues occur on a more broad social level it's just they appear in sex work um absolutely and I think often not only are we put in this role of th- as therapist, but we're often put in this role as teacher as well. Mm-hmm. With yeah. that, yeah, yeah, like having to undo a lot of prior yes. um, miseducation, yeah, and just yeah, and really basic things like hygiene and <laughs> yeah, yeah, that um, too, yeah. Yeah. It's it's really sad like that <laughs> like you know like socially we've like as a society we've really failed people, you truly, know. Truly, truly. Like um yeah. <laughs> I had someone um a while ago that um he was new to kink, right? And he kind of was telling me what things he, you know, what might be interested in, what he's kind of drawn to, and we're going to try them, you know, at a mild, moderate intensity level and whatnot. Um, and it was kind of an exploratory thing. And um, it's so funny. This happened right on the way out the door, basically, where um, 
I was talking about like, okay, did we give you like some tools to move forward, like some direction where to focus some stuff? Um, like, you know, how are you feeling? Just kind of this, this debrief. Um, um, what, you know, did something surprise you? Was it what you expected? Just tell me about it. And he was like, well, I wasn't, I wasn't hard. So, and I was like, yeah, that doesn't have to do with anything. And he's like, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. And I was like, okay, so you're telling me basically out the door that your entire sexuality is based on whether you're hard or not. Whereas kink is like this, and sexuality is this full, fuller experience of like, okay, what does non-penis-centric sex look like? What does it look like when, you know, the gender roles are reversed, you know, quote unquote, where I'm the one in charge and we're playing with power dynamics and all of this stuff and... You know, let's explore our bodies and find out. You know, mm-hmm. more more than just than just like PIV. You know, missionary again. Not knocking those; it's great too. But like, let's like look outside yeah. the box here. That's kind of and what I'm like, here to do. So, what did you think? And yeah, he says like, that going out the door, and I was like, okay, well, I can't give you a lecture now, but like, I wish, yeah, I wish you would have said that earlier. Yeah, like you want to? Okay, well, did you enjoy yourself? Like, still, like, like you can still enjoy yourself. It's and, not the only indicator that you're enjoying yourself. Yeah. Like, and I mean, even like, look, like men who have erectile dysfunction, exactly. like, they still like, they still enjoy and have sex or like want to or like experience and boners pop up in a variety of yeah. ways. Like even for people that don't technically have like any dysfunction it's like yeah boners come and go during sex exactly. that's normal like and i mean like boners will pop up even if you aren't turned on yes. like or want to have sex but that doesn't mean you do like you know what i mean like it's just like it's a it's a bodily function that we actually have very little or like people with penises have very little control over you know like yeah I was just like to say that out the door and not give me the chance to be like oh no 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 wait let me sit you down for like 20 minutes and just just undo this what a way to end I know I was like jeez wow (laughs) wow okay you have to laugh at that you know after he left I was like oh no (laughs) yeah that's one way to finish a session. Okay. Seriously, like, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's, but like, that's a pretty basic thing, right? That, that yeah, a lot of people aren't aware of, like, how do I, how do I do, uh, sex equals my penis is hard and it's in someone. That's what sex means and that's what's pleasurable. And, and that's, yeah. you know, what we do. And it's like, wow, that's just a basic conversation of like, okay, let's throw out sexual scripts because they're not serving anyone. Um, And let's opt into the things that we truly do find pleasurable and interesting and all of that. It's like, that is a basic thing. But a lot of people, yeah, are not on that page. I'm a provider. Obviously, I know that shit. You know that shit. But they don't know that shit, you know. So it's like, wow, that educational moment of coming up against that. It was like, oh, yeah, okay, let's maybe re-figure out, you know, how I approach new clients. Like, what is what can my negotiation look like so I'm more inclusive of, like, people's expectations like that and knowledge level and experience level? Yeah, for sure. It was a learning moment for me, too, in that moment of like, oh, wow, I missed. What did I miss? How did I miss that? You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Have Has this client returned? I have to know. No. <laughs> okay. No, this is like years ago. And absolutely oh. no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. too bad. Such a shame. Oh, it's fine. His loss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too worried about it, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. So, Charlotte, we're basically at our hour. We scabbed. Wow. I wasn't worried what? about you. You're so articulate, Aww. and you're so Thank fucking you. smart, and Aww. you know your shit. So I was like, 
not even worried about you a little bit. But before you go, do you want to tell us where we can um, follow you on socials um, to see all your awesome Twitter feed and where yeah. we can book you and give you sure. money? <laughs> <laughs> yes please please do yeah. um yeah so twitter is sorry just let me think of my handle underscore curvy companion and my insta is curvy companion underscore t-o um my website's in the works so i don't have that going yet but um if you're interested in booking me um send me an email charlottemave at protonmail.ch um, also all the like important need to know info is on my trist profile um, it's just like you can do a basic google search like charlotte mave escort toronto should pop up or you can go search through the trist directory if you will um, yeah Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so awesome. Um, I'll let people know I'm at the Lady Pim one on Twitter, uh, at the Lady Pim, at the Bedpost Podcast. Those are both on Instagram. The Patreon, there's a lot of big news dropping on Patreon. A lot of people have some sneak peeks to some very interesting, amazing stuff coming up for me. So patreon.com slash the Bedpost Show. Um and uh yeah oh well, before i go always want to thank the lovely lady who does all the original music for my podcast her name is stephanie copeland you can find her at stephcopelandmusic.com charlotte mave this has been so lovely thank you for coming and talking to me thank today you. and everyone we hope you enjoyed listening we will see you next uh two weeks from now with another fun and sexy guest here on the bedpost podcast talk about sex and sexuality until then, get fucked, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>